0: get people to focus with laser focused where nothing else exists besides 100 percent committed to getting things done one of them instead of starting with here are the rules here are your metrics start with a sense of purpose start with the sense of meaning Hello, my friend, and welcome to this Friday episode of A Call to Leadership. I'm Dr. Nate Solly, your host. I'm so glad you are here. Every Friday, we spend time together in the trenches, aiming for greatness, working on one tool for your leadership tool belt. Every Monday, we have a co-hosted episode on some aspect of business. And then Wednesdays, I invite an expert talk about leadership with me we break it down and sometimes it's multi-part sometimes it's all the way through so always something every other day of the week for you to help you grow as a leader this whole show is about going to you to give you 100% free content that you can use today as a lifelong university professor and entrepreneur I know how important it is for you to be able to have what you need to solve your problems So, we walk together and unpack some tough stuff. In fact, this series is a tough series that so many people face working in teams. We called it Epic Fails in Teams. It's not, of course, just about the fails. It's about the wins, too. And if you haven't listened to the first episodes of this, it starts with episode 87 and starts with a foundation of different types of leadership that are responsible for creating effective teams. And then we go right into trust. And then we talk about a very important aspect of leadership, which is emotional maturity. And then number four is what it is today. We're going to talk about an area of leadership in teams that I believe is an Achilles heel for so many of us. And it's not just because... I'm saying it. it's because studies signify this. Reports explain that there is a huge issue and error with really one aspect of leadership. It's the aspect of follow through, accountability, getting it done. And so many studies are explained that this is an issue. And it's an issue in organizations, it's an issue in families, it's an issue in institutions, in communities. In fact, a study by Partners in Leadership, which was in the Harvard Business Review, says this, that 82% of respondents admitted that they have limited to no ability to hold others accountable successfully. And 91% of respondents said they would rank improving the ability to hold others accountable in an effective way as one of the top leadership development needs of the organization. The same article said that fewer than one in five people are able to successfully hold others accountable for delivering on expectations in the workplace. There's more. A Gallup poll found that only 14% of employees feel their performance is managed in a way that motivates them. 26% get feedback less than once per year. 21% feel their performance metrics are within their control. Only 21, by the way. So, that leaves 79% that feel they're not within their control. And 40% feel as if their manager holds them accountable for goals they set. So, 60% say they don't. Add that to the fact that 70% of employees feel like their managers aren't objective in how they evaluate their performance and so, and this is what the article says, it comes to no surprise that 69% of employees don't feel they're living up to their potential at work. Huge, huge issue, right? And we know what happens when people don't get things done. The team cannot survive, whether it's in a business, whether it's on a sporting field. If, to our football analogy we used in a few episodes ago, if your defense is strong, but your offense can't get into the end zone, you're not gonna win games. Everyone is held accountable. Everyone is responsible for following through, for accomplishing their part of the mission, right? And you may see people in the office like this at companies or in other areas. You might have been this. It's so critical and it's so debilitating And it takes the energy right out of a team when one or more team members can't seem to get it done. I tend to look at accountability like all these different parts of a watch. Of course, an analog watch. It could also be a digital watch, but I like the analog watch analogy. And so you've got all of these moving parts in an analog watch. You've got the minute hand. You've got the second hand. You've got all of the cogs inside the watch. You've got the area that winds. All of these different pieces work together. And if one doesn't work, then the watch can't tell time. And that's how I look at a business. That's how I look at a family. That's how I look at a group. All members must be working together, dare I say flawlessly, to achieve the goal. You say, Nate, that's impossible. That's not possible. Well, I would challenge you in that. I would challenge you that you're setting your standards too low. Set your standards higher. Set your standards to the highest possible level of achievement and incrementally work toward that. That doesn't mean you're there today. That doesn't mean you're there tomorrow. But whatever you set your goal, that's the top. That's the pinnacle of what you'll achieve. So why not set it to the highest possible standard? and then begin to develop it. You know, me, I believe that a laser focus on what needs to be done is essential to long-term success, to really excellence. And you know people in your life who will not stop until it's done and done right. You know, isn't that who you want on your team? Don't you want those who are completely committed, 100% committed, that look at accountability as though this is my domain? I am 100% responsible for this. I think of Walt Disney, and this is the kind of guy who was said if you gave Walt Disney a task, something to complete, he wouldn't stop until that was done, whether it was a movie, whether it was a cartoon. He would do whatever it took to see it to completion. And guess what? You could trust that person. Now, this goes back to our conversation on trust two episodes ago, right? The foundation, but the accountability piece, the follow-through piece is so critical because teams fail. They break down when everyone does not have the utmost care and consistency in getting their work done. You know this, I've been in organizations where one person doesn't do one thing or another person misses something, right? It creates a break in the entire expectation. It creates a break in the experience. When one touch point does not have the consistency of getting it done right, it ruins the entire experience. So we've gotta find where those holes are as leaders in organizations. We've gotta find where those weaknesses are and the chinks in the armor, right, within our company. And there's all kinds of reasons. There's all kinds of reasons why people aren't working at their potential. There's lots of reasons, but I can tell you this, Bren. unless we stamp it out, it will destroy us. It will keep us from scaling. It will keep us from achieving. It'll keep us from being able to make good on our promises, to meet and master our mission, to reach our vision. It's that critical. It is a do or die. And that's how important it is. There's lots of reasons why people don't finish strong, right? One, they could be distracted. People could have distractions with perhaps the work environment that we've created because it's up to us to create an environment that's strong that's stable that leads them to their desired end state that removes any type of roadblocks so if there's roadblocks in my organization that's causing people to get distracted it's my responsibility and my leadership team's responsibility to remove those distractions one example of a distraction is the cell phone right i've seen people playing video games at work I've seen text messaging. I've seen a number of things. You say, well, Nate, we can't just stop that. But we can certainly create an environment to where most of that can be done on a break. It can be done after work. And when we set the example that this is time that belongs to the company and to honor that so that we can get our work done. Another distraction is the conversation with coworkers, right? The coffee table or what do you call it? The uh, water cooler conversations, right? We can reduce and eliminate those conversations. You say, Nate, those conversations are important. If they're important to getting the job done, i.e. if you have a very collaborative organization that you want people to share information such as when Oh gosh, it reminds me of the uh, Pixar story where Steve Jobs wanted people to congregate around the bathrooms and have conversations about potential movies. Yes, that's one area, but most businesses aren't like that. So people spend a lot of time talking. In fact, I found when the most productive I've been at work is when everyone's gone and it's quiet and I can get my work done. Not that that's the only time, but that's certainly a distraction. So creating that, and I don't want to even call these policies, but creating an environment values that honor people's time. You know, if you're busy, schedule something with a coworker so you can have a conversation and don't just barge in. Give them courtesy. And if they're in the middle of something, and I've been guilty of this. I know I'll go into someone's office, they'll be working on something and I'll interrupt them and I'll break their focus. So I've been getting better at just waiting. And if they're busy with something, hey, when you're finished with that project, I've got, I'd have like to talk to you, All right. Or even just send an email and let them know, hey, I'd like to talk to you when you're ready, when you're not busy, right? Because we break that focus, then they have to go back and start over, or sometimes they don't finish it. I've had that in a situation before where people didn't finish what they started because they were interrupted they were distracted so it takes a lot of discipline on both parts it takes a lot of discipline on my part as a leader someone explaining that don't just go and do that and it takes a lot of discipline on the individual sometimes you gotta say hey look i'm tied up right now i can't talk to you right this moment unless it's urgent and it rarely is urgent truly urgent and i can talk with you at 245 when i'm finished with this work whatever the case looks like another issue another reason for a lack of follow through or a responsibility to be held accountable is over commitment. Sometimes we are over so over committed. I used to be the yes man. You can ask me to do anything and I would say yes. This got so, so bad that I was pulled in so many directions and i was finding that the commitments i'd made i couldn't hope to be held or meet the accountability that i committed to because my priorities i couldn't even figure out my priorities were they were all mismanaged and shuffled around i don't know if that's ever been you to where you just continue to say yes to too much perhaps yes to too many projects yes to too many obligations and it's time to say no in fact it's been said that just saying no can be so liberating. And sometimes it's the very first no that is the most difficult. But once you say the very first no, especially if you're like me, where you just commit and say yes to too many responsibilities, and then you can't manage the ones that you've overcommitted to, start saying no. This happened to me when I was really focusing on next steps after I'd finished all my doctoral work and I was ready to embark on some new projects. And I was invited to become a member, uh, a board member of a foundation that I was really passionate about, but it wasn't in my vision. And it was really, really difficult because this group, I perceived they needed me, but I did not have the bandwidth or the desire truly to focus on that based on what my vision said and the direction I was going. And it was so difficult to muster it, but I got it out. I just said, I'm not going to be able to commit to this group right now, perhaps in the future. Let's have a conversation in six months. Let's have a conversation in 12 months. Let's see if anything's changed. Man, I felt the weight off my shoulders. I felt so much better because then I could be held accountable to finish what I started for those areas that I committed to. Now you might find, what are some of the questions people ask about accountability? Why is one of the reasons people have issues with accountability is that they, sometimes they don't understand the role. Sometimes they don't know how to do it so they can't ever be held accountable to finish it strong, finish it right. Sometimes they just don't care. They don't like the job. They don't want the job. They don't want the role. So they can also not finish strong. Sometimes they just don't have the capacity. You know, it's different than not understanding it. You can not understand it, make mistakes, and learn over time. But if you there's sometimes you just can't do it. You know, you're just not in the right seat at all. You don't know, have the capacity. That doesn't mean that you're failure. It just means that the job matching, they're matching for that role. Was not correct. And that's a leadership issue. In fact, all of these are leadership issues. It's up to us as leaders to put the right people in the right seat at the right time. They have to want it, they have to get it, they have to have the capabilities to do it. And then we have to make sure that our methods are effective, not stressful methods that are threatening. Oftentimes when we simply put measures on people and say, this is your metric, meet it, it can be very stressful and what happens is when we create these types of environments to where it's easy to get extracted where it's easy for people to overcommit when we put too much on them i've actually found that so during tax season i give a lot of work to my team and of course i pick up a lot of work too and i'll constantly ask so that's i don't want them overcommitting let me know where you're at on your files if you're ready for any more if you're not ready the last thing i want you to do is make mistakes and try to rush through So don't do it. And I've got one of my people who says, I'll cry, uncle. I'll let you know when I'm ready to cry, uncle. And then I, you can back off of files, right? Because I don't want them to overcommit. Because I know the results will be, they'll be dissatisfied. Sometimes I'll have tardiness. Sometimes I'll have people who are become absent, Absent, right? They don't show up on the job site, et cetera. I'll have turnover. All of these real issues with a lack of accountability, right? With a lack of follow-through based on all of these different reasons. And so in your organization, if you've got an issue where people aren't following through, maybe it's time to make some changes. You know, there's some ways that we can get more follow-through, get people to focus with laser focused where nothing else exists besides 100% committed to getting things done. And here they are. So one of them is really, instead of starting with, here are the rules, here are your metrics, start with a sense of purpose. You know, start with the sense of meaning. I love, before I sit down with an expectation, I explain the why. You know, I love to talk about, just define what's expected by the why. Start with that. So for example, we are in the love business i explain, especially to new hires that the work that we do is filled with stress whether we're doing the work of the accounting whether we're doing the work of the advisory and we're helping businesses and business owners to lead well there are real stresses and strains and so one of our expectations is to give people all the tools and resources they need so that they can walk and live in a way that's joyful. In fact, that's part of our mission statement. Our mission statement is to satisfy your accounting and advisory needs so outstandingly that your joy becomes infectious. Now who puts the word joy and accounting in the same sentence? No one. But when we buy into that mission, when we take ownership, when we believe in it, we are then setting an expectation to achieve, to reach our goal, to get results, to follow through, to be held accountable. And so framing that expectation around the meaning of helping people to move into a, from a position of pain to a position of joy, well, that frames the entire experience. And then what we do as individuals, then has greater meaning. So then I don't have to put any type of threatening conversations around this desire. I simply share, this is where we're headed. Is that where you want to go? And then I frame questions around, hey, this month, what did we do? What did we do well? What do we feel proud of? You know, how do we get our employees engaged and share their experiences, their challenges, and do it in a way that doesn't threaten them, but elevates them. You know, that's the kind of environment I want to create, an environment where people are thrilled to be accountable, where they're desiring to give their very best, to leave nothing on the table. But they won't do that unless I first demonstrate it as a leader, and then I expect it from my people. We've got to first demonstrate it, friend, as a leader. Give your very best to them. They won't give you their very best until you demonstrate it. You model it. And when we do that, then we ask for it. And I need the very best from you too. And I know you have amazing talent, amazing ability. You wouldn't be on this team if you didn't. And we're going to count on each other. We're going to lock arm in arm so that we can get that win. And we're going to celebrate it. Now that's exciting. And it's attractive. You know, when we ask questions that spur people to give their very best. That, my friend, is so attractive. In fact, after every tax season, we have a party. And I asked the question, you know, who, who did we love most this season? Who did we love most? What does that mean? Who was our most difficult client? Of course, right? Because we're in the love business. And so my philosophy is, there's always going to be someone that's going to need more love than anyone else this season. And we'll remember that person. But see, when I create that expectation, it creates clarity. And we can have that as a memory that's measurable. Because when people share their stories, because they they want to tell their stories, especially when they achieve something, then that reminds them, number one, I've laid it out that there is going to be someone who's going to be really difficult to love. It always is the case when you're dealing with public service. There's just people who are easier to love than others, and there's people who are more difficult to love. If you work in public service, you know this. You might be the person who's easier to love. You might be the person who's more difficult to love. I know I've been difficult and easy to love in different contexts, especially how the way I feel at times. You know, sometimes I've, I haven't felt like I should be the best customer, and I haven't been the best customer And sometimes I've been a happy customer, right? There's a lot of different factors that go into that. But when I build my team up in such a way that they're held accountable for loving people, especially those who are unlovable, that expectation creates an incentive to share who is the most unlovable that we loved. Does that make sense? So that attractiveness is amazing. Now, that doesn't mean that people don't mess up. That doesn't mean that people don't miss it, right? Sometimes somebody will come in and say, "I could not love that person like I needed to love that person. I blew it." That's okay. Let's fix it. Let's figure out a way. Friend, let's we don't we want to stop shaming. We want to stop shame and prop empathy. You know, sometimes you know, these these are human beings. These aren't figures on a spreadsheet. These are just people. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's okay to ask, hey, how'd it go? You know, what went wrong? And ask, you can just ask those questions. How can we make it right next time? Have a brainstorming session. What that does is it, it disarms people from feeling like they're going to be punished for missing the mark. Now, sometimes people do sabotage on purpose. Sometimes people aren't giving their all. That's a whole different conversation. We're talking about when someone simply just couldn't get there, whatever it might look like, whether it was a deadline, whether it was some kind of a, an expectation that wasn't met, sometimes people miss it. And if it's the exception rather than the norm, then have the conversation around how you can make it better. If it's the norm rather than the exception, have a conversation about what type of resources have not been provided for this expectation to be met. Perhaps it wasn't clear. Perhaps it wasn't measurable. Perhaps we didn't set a mutually agreed date and time, a completion deadline. Perhaps we didn't make clear why we wanted to do this. All of these questions are all about making that accountability, making that opportunity manifest to getting something done and getting it done right in the time frame that we agreed upon. What does that mean? It means we're connected means we're having conversations, means we're not waiting six months till we have a report that measures your performance. It's too late. Six months later, no way. We squash it today. Have those conversations daily, weekly, and not from the perspective of, oh, I'm looking for something to fire you with. I'm looking for ways to help you to master your role, to engage so that this team can function so well that we get into the end zone and we win that Super Bowl. All of those aspects are important and we have to make the expectations for achievement fair. They have to be able to accomplish it. If we haven't made it fair, people have lost already. They'll check out, they'll burn out, they'll give up. But make it mutually fair based on their abilities, based on the context, based on what can be done. And if that's not possible as a team, then we need to take some hard looks and evaluate if we've got the right people on the team, if we've created the right experiences, if we've made the right decisions with all of our resources, if we're even in the right direction as a company. All of those are factors. And we'll find that if we can lay out our principles and our values in such a way that leads people to work effectively to be held accountable and to reach the desired end state, why? Because it matters. It matters to all of us. Then friend, I tell you, that's the makings of a winning team. So anyway, that's about it for this episode. Hey, I know you are going to do wonderfully. Take one of these, just one of these aspects and begin to integrate it into your leadership model and teams today. And you'll find that your team will begin to work in a way that you never thought possible. I'm glad you joined me today. I'm Dr. Nate Sala, and this is A Call to Leadership. Well, my friend, I am so thrilled that you joined me on this episode of A Call to Leadership. And before you go to the next episode, especially if you're binge listening, take a moment. I would love to get your honest review right here on your screen. Your feedback is so important. It helps the podcast. It encourages me and it helps me. It helps me to give you more and more and more value. So I can't wait to read your review. I can't wait to be with you on the next episode. I'm Dr. Nate Sala. This is a call to leadership.